This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. How much would I have made off my likeness at Ashland University is the real question. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about yeah. the last 24 hours. Well, How about you at Murray State? I feel like I for mean, you, just think of all the beard stuff you could have done. Well, I feel like for you, it depends how big a family you have. Let's be honest here. Did you come from a big family or a small well, family? My mom uh, did have six brothers and sisters. Oh, so there you go, man. Hundreds. Uh, my Literally one aunt hundreds. or aunt, as you guys would call it, yeah. around here, had seven kids. Okay. Now, they don't like me, any of them. Yeah, that's fine. But maybe they would be you supportive to, you anyway. Respect. Yeah, you still have to show your respect. <laughs> man, yeah, so if you had that big a family, you could have made a killing. Yeah, could have made a killing, I yeah. guess. Uh, we'll talk about the NCAA For rule sure. and the likeness. By the way, again, you're just like ghostwriting everything these days. There you go <laughs> again. I mean, this is your rule. Or maybe I'm not, just intelligent where things that like, I say come true. Not like you were the first one to ever say no, that. No, no, I mean, this is kind of a common thing. Is it coming but to I Florida? Speak in, but I speak into existence, Brent. You I did. speak it into existence. You did do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I spoke today uh, to, uh, to a group, Rotary Group and uh, Mennonite Group at uh, Tim O'Connor Country Club, mm-hmm. and that question came up. You know, and I do think it's a, I think it's a controversial kind of thing. I think Tebow helped to be a little controversial too, sure. but he's not the only one that feels that way. Mm-hmm. And I think Tebow is at the forefront of it from what he views and also the way it was when he was there and still is in Gainesville because of how popular he was. I mean, yeah. is he the most popular college athlete of all time? I mean, yes, but in my lifetime for sure. Yeah, you I know, mean, I mean, I've, I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah. So. Like a, I can't go back to like Bo Jackson and explain it from that level, yeah. but I, I think from globally, you know, with with the rise of social media and coverage, um, you have to go with Tim Tebow. Yeah, I feel like. he's in the running. Let's just I say mean, that we know that. Yeah, I'd say Johnny Manziel is up there too, yeah. but I mean, maybe not for the the best of reasons. And but he's that, up there, as and well. it feels like it was like 15 minutes of fame almost. Now that it's gone, exactly. You know, so yeah. Tebow's fame hasn't really left him. Mm-hmm. So maybe I know that wasn't just college, but uh, it feels like that way with the Tebow versus maybe a Manziel situation. Uh, Speaking of uh, Tebow, one funny note. Did you see the Heisman commercial? You know they do all these Heisman commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Heisman commercial with Kyler Murray and Bo and Tebow on the baseball uh, stuff. Have you seen that I one? I've seen the – well, maybe they're, they're kind of out late, right? And then they, they come – Well, they're all in the house the and Murray comes through the door and he's carrying yeah, his late. baseball Yeah, bird. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Derrick Henry's the guy at the fridge. Yep. Uh, right? Yeah. So it, it's really amazing if you think about it. Sure. A couple things. Derrick Henry and Tebow, Jacksonville guys. Mm-hmm. It hits you there like – Dang, man, they're Heisman Trophy winners with Bo Jackson and Eddie George and all these guys. Yeah. I mean, we don't celebrate some of this stuff enough. I mean, it's amazing. They're from Jacksonville. we got two Heisman Trophy winners. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, but it also hits you that, wow, all three of those, three guys in that group yep. were dual sport guys. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I hesitate to say stars because we don't know where Kyler Murray would have been at the professional level. I know he got drafted high. Mm-hmm. And obviously Tebow's... I mean, you can almost argue he's fizzling out, even though he's given a little bit of a run. And Bo Jackson is Bo Jackson. But it's pretty wild that how how they made that correlation between the two. Yeah. I like that that well, spot. Well, and it was like there, Kyle, Kyle Murray comes in the house. He kind of breaks. But what he did, doesn't Bo Jackson follow him? And then Bo Jackson yeah. kind of one-ups him a little Double, bit. Double, yeah, triple, yeah, yeah, home exactly. run. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah that, was, that was a great commercial. That's probably been out for like months, and I just saw it the other day. No, I think that so. was newer. Because like <laughs> the, the, the one that I've always seen was where Kyle Murray shows up for like the first day, and he's rocking his pink suit instead of his okay. jersey. I haven't and seen that. Yeah, and they're all just kind of giving him crap for wearing the pink suit. Yeah. It's yeah. a good little run. Yeah. You know, I mean, there have been commercials that have nice runs. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and sometimes over years. And I like what they do with those. For sure. I think it's a pretty good thing. All right, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, we've been talking for two minutes, four minutes, three minutes. I don't know, and haven't <laughs> mentioned the Jaguars. What's up with that? Uh, the uh, Jags have an off day today. That's why there's nothing new coming out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we won't talk them because there's so much left over from yesterday. We said it. We could have done a six-hour show yesterday on the Jags. Mm-hmm. They're a two-and-two two football team. They've rescued their season. This is fun stuff going on in Jacksonville. And now you can say it's fun. See, I think it's entertaining and fun because I work in the business. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, I put Ramsey in the category. Some people think, well, stop talking about Jalen Ramsey. I'm done hearing about Jalen Ramsey. And let me know when something happens. Well, I think we're almost to that point with Jalen Ramsey. We've exhausted every opportunity to talk about a different angle yeah. with Jalen Ramsey. Now it is kind of like what happens next. Will he show up to practice tomorrow? Will his back be tight? Will he be healthy? Will they trade him? Will they keep him? Well, those things are unwritten. And we've talked about it at length now. So now it's just, okay, let's see what happens next. So even if you're in that camp, now I just say, now this is fun stuff. Is Fournette for real again? Is he back? Is this team going to go on a run? Look at the schedule ahead. Watch Cincinnati last night, and you put that one down <sighs> as a W, didn't you? Can you flex a Monday night game? Because that was a rough one last night. That was bad. Some of the Monday night games. And I understand. I mean, they schedule these things so far in advance, so you can't flex the game. Obviously, I'm joking. But, man, yeah, it wasn't the most entertaining game last night. ESPN has not been given the best games. And and I've long said this. It's not their fault. And maybe we'll talk about this. But I've said this for years. Monday night football is not what it used to be. It's not. It's the third thing. And, in fact, I may argue it's the fourth thing. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday night football has become the prime one. Yep. That game on Sunday where everybody's used to watching. And now that's the nighttime game, and they get good games, usually well, very good that's games. That's because you can kind of pick them, though, right? You can kind of flex that position as well. But what I'm saying is, the N- yes, you can later in the year. So, but I mean, the yeah. NFL is saying that's our prime spot. Sure. Well, Thursday used to be like this throwaway. Well, you got to get every team on. Uh, yeah, throw the Jags in Tennessee on again. Okay. Throw some crazy jersey colors out there. Throw some, <laughs> make, well, make the fans what happy. Fox did is they came in and said, hey, whoa, we ain't paying a billion dollars or whatever it is. I mm-hmm. think it was really like $600 million, I think, uh, for this long deal mm-hmm. for you to give us just a crap game. So give us good games. Well, sure. they've beefed those games up. You get a Philadelphia Green Bay last week, yep. right? You mm-hmm. get, what do we got this week? Seattle and the Rams? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. So that is now second fiddle. And what I would say is, and maybe maybe the the next time slot, I know we're kind of putting it in prime time, but I think the next slot, well, is 4 o'clock in the afternoon Sunday. on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Those are the problems. You're going to get maybe the Cowboys and the Niners or mm-hmm. whatever. Name your game. But – like last week's game, I mean, the Broncos and the Jags, okay. I mean, you're going to get the mixed bag. But that 4 o'clock window combined with the numerous games at 1 o'clock, and then I think it's the Monday night game. Yeah. So I actually think they are like the last on the totem pole right now. And this is a little bit of Disney's fault. Okay. ESPN's fault. ABC's fault. I don't know whose fault. But along those lines, ESPN has become almost like a network, not just a cable outlet. But they're like a network. Mm-hmm. But when they change the Monday Night Football game from ABC, which is a traditional network, and put it just on ESPN, it lost a little something. Mm. And so I believe it. that was at the same time now as Sunday Night Football is coming up. And they're sure. adding Thursday football. And also at the same time where you're losing your top announcers from that Monday Night game. And now yeah. you're trying to find who their replacements are. So I think actually ESPN hurt themselves or ABC or Disney or whoever Mm -hmm. hurt themselves a little bit on that Monday night game. 
and not putting it on ABC because you're putting Dancing with the Stars on ABC or Bachelorette or whatever it is now on Monday nights. Mm -hmm. So I think they've kind of made their own bet a little bit, and the NFL has shown it to be less significant. Yeah. And and until ESPN really comes up with – and I think Joe Tessitore is really good, but they took a couple of college guys and put it on Monday Night Football. Really, Tessitore was doing college. He does a lot of everything, Mm -hmm. the boxing and stuff, and he's really good. Yeah. But – they took him and Booger. Booger McFarlane. And uh, I, best, I should say his last name, huh? Because somebody let you Booger. You just say Booger? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Booger McFarlane. Yeah. Uh, but so people are trying to get used to that. And I'm not mm-hmm. knocking them. I'm just saying they're trying to get used to it's it. It's different. And yeah. It's an acquired people, taste. People get accustomed to, you know, like the Joe Buck, Troy Aikmans. And yeah. They that the whole, yeah, I, I get you. So long story short, mm-hmm. I love talking about this stuff in the business. But good. I do believe it is fourth fiddle. Probably in terms of lineup of games. And I think it shows. I mean, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and Cincinnati. Even at the outset of the year, was that really that great of a game on a Monday night? I mean, to be fair, you didn't really know what Cincinnati was bringing to the table, assuming A.J. Green was going to be healthy. They had some pretty good offensive weapons. You had John Ross. You had Mixon. So I think they were serviceable. And then you got, you know, Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, Smith-Schuster. So I think the possibility was there. And you have to remember, too, they're two division rivals, right? I mean, every time they play each other, it seems like a real slobber knocker. But, uh, you know, with the injuries, the big Ben and A.J. Green and, like, all that whole thing. No more Bell, no more Brown. It just wasn't a good – so it hasn't been good. Yeah, Yeah. you get a little bad luck, too. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, sometimes that just happens. You can't have good games every week and every night. Because this is – Monday Night Football was, I think, wasn't that Kansas City, uh, the Rams? Uh, Oh, that was that crazy game. Yeah, that was Monday Night Football, too. So, I mean, there's – every once in a while, there's a prime time one that's, you know – Absolutely. Up there. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I want to talk about the Jags. I know we just got up. But that yeah. Cincinnati game, that's how we got on this, is like, whoa, okay, yeah. they are not good. Mm-hmm. Now, things change in three weeks. Yep. But that's they are not a good football team. Things change in a week, Brent. They all, do. all of a sudden, Tampa Bay goes to L.A. and scores 50-something points on the Rams. Like, yeah, and they couldn't beat the Giants. Know. Exactly. So it's a bizarre league. Uh, so I, I caution you to get too excited about that. But at the same time, what we've said is get through the first six games. Correct. And then you have teams like Cincinnati yep. and the Jets. And they don't scare you. Mm-hmm. you. Like if you're see, what I say about those kind of games is if your season is going to be any good, you win those kind of games. Now you might beat a Saints team that's really good on paper, and lose to a Jets team that's not. That's the NFL. Mm-hmm. That that can happen. But as long as you make it up for it by beating a team that you might have lost to or should have lost to. I think it's okay. The bottom line for me now is you look at this schedule all the way out, and the Saints are still pretty good, but you look at this schedule and it's like it's very, very manageable. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about Josh Lambeau a little bit. Yeah. This dude has been unbelievable. Unsung hero, too, I think, from from that Denver game. Unbelievable just Mm -hmm. how good he is. I mean, how much can he keep this up? We talk about a guy like Minshew and how magical he's been. Well, now a guy like Lambeau's been doing this for two years. And knock on wood, but how long can you do that? I mean, how long can you kick at 94% make rate? And uh, they are so confident in him. He's got a great demeanor. He's got a little personality, a little swagger to him. Mm-hmm. He's a fun dude and uh, kind of like Mitch. I know he's a kicker, Yeah. and, and it shows you the difference, but... Lambo's kind of his own little guy, oh, too. Oh, yeah, man. He's, little guy. He's, he's, little guy. Yeah, his own guy. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of a stylish dude, you know, as opposed to kickers aren't really 
consider, no offense to kickers out there, Scobie talking to you, not necessarily maybe the most stylish guys out there, but I think, you know, kind of Josh Lambo brings like that new swag to the kicking game. I mean, former soccer player in his own right. So, uh, you know, he's got this whole like uh, hat collection too. He's rocking oh, yeah. and everything. So he, he's got a little something about him, man. And I feel like he kind of goes unnoticed sometimes because let's be honest, when you're a kicker, they only talk about you either if you win the game or you lose the game. Yeah. And uh, thankfully for the Jaguars, he hasn't lost too many games, hasn't had a lot of opportunities to lose too many games. But, uh, yeah, I think Josh Lamb was kind of the unsung hero from the Denver game. You know, listen, uh, I put in our show rundown today. I said, Lambo the legend. Okay. And I'm obviously just being a, a little silly about it. Mm-hmm. But am I? Mm-hmm. I mean, does he have a chance really to be? Holy cow. I mean, again, if you were this good. And you kick this well. Mm-hmm. Does he have a chance to carry this thing on and be in a Jags uniform for a long time? And if they can get in position to win big games, you become legendary, by the way, if you can kick well in big games, sure. big kicks, yep. playoff kicks, those kind of things. Just ask Adam, Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. But uh, I mean, do they have something here that they might have for quite a long time? I want to talk a little bit about Josh Lambeau today. So we'll get on it. We'll uh, stay on Jags coming up. And then uh, the NCAA talk is on the way. Uh, we have a couple guests on the show as well. And I think one guy that can really help us out with the NCAA stuff because he works on a side of a business that might be able to take advantage of this rule. So that is coming up. Jason Fitz, we'll talk a little college football. Gators do oh, yeah. have a big week. You know, we don't go crazy with college football here mm-hmm. on the show. There's a big week to talk about the Gators because they play Auburn, but they mm-hmm. are starting a gauntlet. And we have started October. And this means a collision course is on Florida versus Georgia. Georgia versus Florida. Coming up at the end of the month here in Jacksonville. Really, it comes up, I guess, in early November. I think it's a November kick this yeah, year. Yeah. But... About a month away from that game, both teams undefeated, both teams top 10, and on a collision course. So we'll spend a little time on college football as well. But Jags next. Most of the Jags all the time here on Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. It's coming up. To win the game, snap back, hold down, right-footed, end-over-end kick. It is good! And the Jaguars come to Denver and rip the hearts out of the Broncos with a Josh Lambeau game-winning field goal. Which call was that? Do you know? Was that Catalan? CBS one? It must have been. Yeah. I don't know, it sounded a little different to me. I saw the game broadcast sound a little different in my ear. <laughs> Catalan does a good job. That's a that's like your hero, right? That's my guy. Yeah, that's your guy right there. My guy. And you yeah. know what? He's got the Jags game this week in Carolina. Okay. He had the game in Houston. He is like a Jags beat reporter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my guy Catalan, he's good, man. He's done a great job. He's worked his way up in uh, CBS and uh, good dude. Good dude and and really good. Proud of him. Happy for him and jealous of him. Um, (laughs) As I said yesterday. Uh, As you're stuck with us. Yeah. yeah. Brett Morneau, Austin Lane, Coos. That's who I'm stuck with. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about this NCAA stuff. I think this is a great topic. And by the way, I respect both sides of the topic. This is one of those topics where I understand you. I mean, I get you, but don't sound too maybe old and curmudgeon on this topic. You got to be a little careful of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be there. There's to maybe the NCAA topic that we'll talk about in a bit is maybe the truest test of we're all not alike. Hmm. You know, yeah, we all come from different backgrounds. Correct. We all have different situations. And really, that's probably why it's a difficult topic mm-hmm. for the NCAA to uh, police, for the NCAA to rule on and for us to come to a conclusion that works for everybody, because you are getting every walk of life, every different situation, white, black, 
minorities of all kind, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, female, male, mm -hmm. uh, superstars, non-stars, revenue sports, non-revenue sports. I mean, you got it all. So yeah. I think it makes it very difficult, and we try to make everything easy. And if you don't like it, it, it when you simplify things, a lot of times people will be like, well, I hate your opinion. It's, that's sure. not work. Well, yeah. it doesn't mean you hate every part of it. Mm -hmm. That's my problem with politics right now, right? I mean, it's all or nothing, and, yeah. and really, it's not. It's not all or nothing, but it makes it difficult when it's not all or nothing uh, as well. It's just not that simple. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. But I want to stay on the Jacks. A couple quick things to get to, and then we'll talk a little more about them later. Lambo just kicked that one in. Well, he didn't. He actually was on Sunday, but it sounded like he just kicked it in here on the Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The guy is money. Was there mm -hmm. any doubt that he would make that? No, because he's got 94% of his kicks in a Jags uniform. I think he's like – Somebody uh, tweeted out he might be like top 10 or top 5 all-time in percentage for his entire career now. He's climbing that list, minimum of whatever kicks. Mm -hmm. And he went 4 for 4. It's a swirling wind, which can get in your mind a little bit. Uh, it's on the road. Nothing phases this guy. And so what we left off with is can he keep it up? You know, what is making this guy so special? Remember, the Chargers dumped this guy. They didn't want him. Why the change of scenery? Why is this all guy all of a sudden he couldn't stay on a Chargers team that can't find a kicker for so many years? And now here, he's unbelievable. I mean, I think in terms of being the kicker, it's probably the most mental position, maybe next to the quarterback, right? Like, it's all mental. It's all consistency. Like, you're a golfer. Like, you're a bowler. Pick your sport, you know. But um, if you don't have the right headspace... You're not going to be successful. We saw what happened in Chicago, right? We saw, uh, I feel like Tampa Bay's had their fair share of problems the past couple of years with kickers. And it's just one of those things where, you know, the, the, there's no clear cut answer to answer why, what makes this guy such a good kicker? What makes this guy such a crappy kicker? But I think it comes down to mentality at, at the end of the day. And some guys, they have that clutch gene, you know, the Vinatieri's of the world that they, they had that clutch gene where they want that big moment that they're not going to run from the big moment, almost kind of like Gardner Minshew, you know, like it's kind of the same uh, type of thing. And uh, we were talking about Lambo, you know, I mean, Lambo hasn't had a lot of game winning kicks. I can remember at least, you know, I mean, he, I, mm. few come out to me, especially last year. Obviously. Yeah, of course, they're not putting in position for that. Yeah, so right. he's not really in a position to do that, especially coming from last year, uh, you know, where the offense wasn't really that great. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. But I think it's just, it really is all about the mentality, and sometimes a change of scenery um, is what you need. You know, it's, it's like the ultimate prescription. Yeah, you know what's interesting, too, and I know, I mean, I kind of set you up for that. We have no idea why. I mean, <laughs> I have no idea why. I mean, can yeah. he keep it up? Sure. Maybe he has. He's proven mm -hmm. it. I mean, now, now it's going to be a surprise knock on wood if he misses. Mm -hmm. and the Jaguars, uh, if they get him in position, no matter what time of game it is, you feel really good. No matter what the conditions are, you feel really good. And that's a cool thing to have because there are so many other places. Tampa last week, mm -hmm. the Chargers over the years, Minnesota, I mean, Chicago, name it. Yeah. That can't find it. College game, NFL game. I mean, we devalue the position because it's not used very often, yet when it's needed the most, we kill the position yeah. because people can't make kicks and so to have one is a luxury well, when you know you can count on a guy to make it it's like i said it's all about the change of scenery i feel like too because i mean i play with one of the best that i ever played with was josh scobie yeah. you know and josh scobie in jacksonville it was almost automatic you know he was he was the colts killer a couple times yeah. uh and i, I get to be part of those you know those moments and they, they were they were awesome man and nothing like standing on the sidelines well the hail mary was cool yeah, you yeah. know against houston but nothing like standing on the sidelines man for a game-winning field goal and you know scobie 
puts it to the uprights and you celebrate and win. Especially a 59-yarder. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. But then what happened when he went to Pittsburgh? You know, like he, he had some struggling and, and, and he didn't do that well in Pittsburgh. So yeah, so and they always say Pittsburgh is one of the hardest places to kick. True. You know, and I think there's he's not the only one that's had trouble there. But sometimes it's just that change of scenery. Um, it just affects your mindset for whatever reason. That was a uh, circumstantial circumstantial thing too. He had just got there. He didn't want to be there. He's told yeah. us that before. Yeah. And then on top of that, they were on national TV like two weeks in a row, mm-hmm. and and he missed on TV. So it became like a narrative mm-hmm. because that's the only game people were watching. Yeah. You know, if it happened on one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, I think he might still be kicking for Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm probably kidding, yeah. but you get my point. Well, like, and let's they be honest, had to make a move. Well, and as far as, far as their fan base is concerned, I mean, their fan base goes worldwide, Absolutely. right? Like they're, they're pretty, uh, pretty powerful fan base. So you know, I think to to go, no offense to the Jaguars, but to kind of upgrade yourself a little bit to the Steelers nation and everything like that, uh, there's a lot of eyes watching him. Yeah, so it's a bizarre situation being a kicker. It's not easy at all. I do think this. When I asked you that question, I think one of the things that makes Lambeau so good could be just a theory is the fact he's a former soccer player who does not know much about football. Now I say that <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't grow up around the game. Correct. Now he does. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying when he first got here, he didn't know any better. He's just kicking. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, he 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 told us. I think in the last couple of years, he learns like on the sideline every game about some more football stuff, like actual X's and O's or what's going on. He's a he's a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. And then maybe he adjusts. But some of that maybe innocence to the game sure. doesn't say well. All these other guys, like if you miss a kick or miss a couple of kicks, it gets in your head. It's like missing short putts in golf, mm-hmm. right? Not being able to throw to first base as a second baseman in baseball. Well, now you're like, oh, shoot, I've seen this before. Yeah. This, I've seen this movie. I'm now this movie. I'm in this movie. Well, I don't think he has that recollection of seeing it over the years. And so maybe it doesn't get to him mentally or even the, the failure in in San Diego at the time, yeah. didn't get to him mentally. And keep this in mind, this is all you know speculation. You'll have to ask him one day. But he was a goalie, right? Uh, in, in Major League Soccer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to think about this, too. I where so. Kicking was almost secondary to him, playing goalie, right? Like, the, the big moments that came for him was trying to stop, like, a penalty kick, or maybe, like, if it goes to, you know, I mean, uh, overtime or penalty kicks or whatever like that, and he's responsible for stopping that penalty kick, well, that's a lot more pressure than just you know booting a, a like a free kick, you know yeah. whatever. Whatever. The, I'm, not, I'm not a really good soccer uh, aficionado, but you know, I mean, I think that the kick kind of became secondary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all the pressure kick comes when you got to make the save in yeah. soccer. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. So, whatever Listen, it is. But. By the way, there's there's re- the real. He was a goalie. Yeah. yeah. The real reason that he's done so well, I believe, is because for a kicker. He's got some swag, man. Yeah. He really does. You mentioned Minshew. In a way, he's kind of got that feel to him. Caught up with him on Sunday in the locker room and listened to it. Uh, I just live for whatever's put in front of me, man. I'm just out there. With fourth down, it's in my range. I'm going to hit it. So it's, I'm just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, the topsy-turvy emotions in that last couple minutes. I mean, yeah. you guys are looking good in the second half. You give up a touchdown, then you're like, oh, game on, right? Right. Get me in position. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, as soon as they went down and scored, I said, all right, well, sweet. Looks like I got a game-winning kick in front of me, which is awesome, because I knew we were going to get down there. You know, I've been – I know a lot of kickers probably aren't – you know, you want to be seen and not heard, but I've just kind of had this vibe going with me to tell these guys, hey, we got to bring our own juice. we got to bring our own sauce. When we bring our lunch pails to work, nobody can touch us. And that is exactly why you play for 60 minutes was that game today. You play for the full 60 
I mean, it's hard to hold on to a lead in this league. It really is. You go, but you look at all, most of the wins. I bet you a lot of them are comebacks, just because it's hard to to hold the lead. So these guys did amazing. I mean, I think I had four field goals, and the furthest one was maybe 40 yards. So our offense was moving the ball. Our defense obviously did a great job. Yeah, playing all 60 minutes, man. You just you can't you can't speak enough for these guys' character. I know you have confidence a lot, but how much of the confidence in those final 90 seconds is the fact that 15's out there making a lot of plays? Oh, I, I wasn't even worried. I mean, as soon as they scored, I'd go to two of our, our guys and say, hey, keep the media away from me, block the wall, we're going to go down to a kick, it'll be fine. But, I mean, I went up to Chris Conley, I'm like, dude, you tipped one on that line, get me those extra however many yards, that helps so much. It puts me at so much more ease when these guys are grinding out there and doing what they do. I'm mean, serious. When we bring our lunch pails to work, everybody needs to be scared. How fun is Mitch to work, watch? I mean, the whole team's fun to watch. I mean, obviously Gardner's done a heck of a job coming in. I love his personality. I love the way he goes about his job. Um, and he's I mean, he's just a fun guy to be around. So, you know, I think he energizes our team a little bit too. Um, but I, I, this was a huge team win. I mean, everybody played really well. And I'm just fortunate enough they, they gave me you know an easy enough of a shot to, to put it through. He's a fun guy. There you go. I mean, he's a pretty fun guy. You know, this is man. This is me bringing my juice to work every single day. Yeah, I yeah. respect it. Uh, but you know, I mean, he said, "How many kickers said we got to bring the sauce to work bring every the day?" Sauce, yeah. <laughs> bring, bring the, the juice. juice. I like that. I, liked it. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's got that kind of swag, and he's earned it. He's earned it. He has been phenomenal, and we probably don't talk about it enough. He was great in that game. Four kicks, four makes, mm-hmm. and. Really good. And by the way, I think Logan Cook overall is doing a good job. He feels like he has a stinker of a kick every yeah. game as well. But I think overall he does a good job, and he's getting better and better. He got better and better as the year went along last year, and I think he's getting better and better as his career goes along. I, I like him. I'm yeah. just saying there is one or once in a while. Well, now, there, he was there, against the wind. There's one in Denver but against the wind. The wind will throw you. I mean, again, yeah. I, there were times that was right into the wind. There were other times where I felt it was very swirly, which is even tougher sometimes. So is this kind of like a field – Manufactured win, maybe like Indy used to do with the crowd noise. It's, it's built, <laughs> as, as Denver kind of manipulated the wind yeah, maybe in they their have. favor, the way they've opened tunnels and well, stuff. Because yeah, yeah. you heard about, <laughs> you heard when Lambo's <laughs> kick, kick, kick the game winner, that the wind kind of picked up a little bit against them. That makes you wonder, Brad. Yeah, it does make you wonder. Hey, I want to know if this team misses Telvin Smith primarily because of the play of Quincy Williams. Yeah. Is it good enough? How good is it? Let's talk a little bit about it next on ESPN 690. I've just kind of had this vibe going with me to tell these guys, hey, we got to bring our own juice. We got to bring our own sauce. When we bring our lunch pails to work, nobody can touch us. Puts me at so much more ease when these guys are grinding out there and doing what they do. I'm serious. When we bring our lunch pails to work, everybody needs to be scared. All right, Josh Lambeau, getting it done Sunday in Denver. Now the Jaguars go to Carolina. All right, another Jags topic real quick, and then we're going to get to the NCAA uh, talk as Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs joins us. What's up, gentlemen? What's up? How you doing, uh, man? Good to be here. Good to good to have you here. And also, uh, Josh Lambeau. You might have to get him signed up at Palm Beach Autographs. Oh, that's my boy, dude. He's that's my dude. guy. Yeah, we've had him in before. We did the first signing with him. Super, super happy for him. And uh, just couldn't happen to a better what, dude, right, man. Give it, while we're on it, when a kicker has a signing, Again, I I mean, out of Vinatieri, I get it. Yeah, sure. Now, after all this stuff in the career, Mm -hmm. when you win a Super Bowl, I think kicker, you know, especially the way Adam Vinatieri did early on in his career. But, like, was Lambeau kind of like, what do I even do here? Like, what am I doing here? (laughs) When he first came, he was kind of novice to it like that. Yeah, he he was. Yeah. he warmed up super quick. He knows now, you know, he yeah. knows, he knows the gig and he's had some cool moments. Uh, we printed that photo where he kicked the, how long was the one in London? 
51, oh, 53. That sounds right. Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, he jumped up in the air and did yeah. that celebration. So, and like we've talked about before, when you create a moment like that, it doesn't matter. Like Vanitary, you know, in the snow. Yeah. Those images, that's they what people forever. want. That's yeah. I remember. I watched that game. I was at that game. They last forever, like yeah. you said. Yeah, I mean, he's got the the he's got something he does oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. and not only that like we're doing an interview in the locker room sunday which by the way denver has like the best visiting locker room in the league maybe really huge uh, i've never been to denver huge. so i don't know okay you know most of these are small well not very purpose. good yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. i still think it's stupid like that's gonna help you win a football game <laughs> or whatever yeah uh the and and Boye kind of interrupts, and we turn around, and Boye sitting there doing this to him in the locker room. So that's a thing, you know. That's a thing. That's when when it happens, yeah. which is really cool. Again, if you make them, it becomes a thing. I mean, sooner sooner Absolutely. or later. What I'd like to see, let's get Jacksonville, Duval at a home game. Every time that guy kicks one through, everybody in the stand should be doing that. They like move that. the chains, Duval, all that. Yeah. Now we do this. He's got tons good. of charisma, tons of swagger, Move whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just he's got it. And so uh, we're actually we're working on doing a deal. Um, I'll just say it. We're we're trying to do uh, Hollis, uh, Scobie, and Lambo on the same day. That's all, cool. All three of the guys. Very cool. That'd be Kicking really it with the kickers, you know. Something. Yeah. Something like that. All That'd right, keep fun. us posted. Uh, yeah. Palm Beach Autographs in the Avenues Mall. That might be uh, something coming soon. I, w- I want you to jump in in a, in a minute, but take sure. a break for a second, Morton, because yeah, I want to uh, finish one more Jags topic for now. Quincy Williams. Yeah. Is he making us forget that Telvin Smith is gone? How has his play been? I know you looked at some things yesterday, yeah. and it's probably been up and down through four games. Mm-hmm. But to me, the speed is like, whoa. Like, all of a sudden, you see this guy coming across the field making a tackle on the sideline. Like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. that Telvin? No, wait a minute. That's Quincy Williams. Yeah. And he's obviously more physical than Telvin because he's built differently. Correct. So what's your gauge of that a month into the year where they've asked this young man from your alma mater to yeah. play big, drafted in the third round, nobody knew the, who the heck he was, yeah. didn't play in August because of injuries. How's he doing? I think he's doing pretty damn good, Brent, to, uh, overall, to tell you the truth. Um Quincy Williams, he has that factor where if he makes a tackle, and you can call it a routine tackle if you want, but when he makes those tackles, you notice it, right? Because he's 100 miles per hour every single play. Now, yeah, teams have picked on him a little bit in the past game, you know, and and he's still learning the position. I mean, I I think there's been a couple times where, you know, maybe he's just a second too slow where the guy gets the ball. One that stands out to me is the Adam, was Adam Humphreys in Tennessee? Okay. uh, On that, uh, I forgot, I was like, I think you're right. Yes, it was. Down the near sideline. I I mean, listen, you're a rookie, man, and that's going to happen. I think that happens even the great linebackers sometimes when you ask him to go in coverage. But I'm saying sideline to sideline in the run game, um, he's been fantastic yeah. and i think that the jaguars got a, a gem with him because you you can teach the the, the skill set of listen you, you have to drop a certain depth in, in zone coverage here take your man you can teach the guys that right but you can't teach the instincts you can't teach the ability to hit somebody 100 miles per hour uh and play with r- reckless abandonment and yeah. and that's what quincy williams does well listen i think there were times in that game he did get picked on even in yeah. denver and he didn't do so well in the passing game to your point but i guess the question is simply this do you watch the jags play in any of the four games and say damn i wish telvin was here and I'm not trying to be disrespectful no, to Telvin Smith. Yeah. I'm really not. I'm, yeah. This is more complimentary to maybe the Jags found something in Quincy Williams and overall he's doing a nice job yeah. early in his career. I mean, this is a $10 million man he was trying to replace. Sure. I mean, the Jag- this is the most under-talked-about story 
of the year. Well, there's been so many of them to talk about, you can't get to Quincy Williams. But by the time we got to training camp, nobody even mentioned the fact that Telvin Smith was not going to be there. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's been around for years. He's a Pro Bowl linebacker, and nobody even – and we're still not talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hat tip to win, to Williams and what the Jags found. No, it absolutely is. You know I mean? I think in terms of speed, I think they're – neck and neck now what we like Quincy Williams better over than Telvin is the fact that you know I think Quincy Williams is a little better of a hitter right because Telvin was a little lighter absolutely so, he missed um, a lot of tackles yeah, quite frankly exactly so I think he actually has the edge with Telvin there now you know we're talking about coverage and things like that um I still think he's got to he's got to improve on that but that, that's going to come with time Brent you know that, that's going to come from you know when you go from Murray State playing the OVC opponents to you know playing a new defense in in Jacksonville in the NFL it might take a little time. So um, give him a year or so, see how he does next year. But, yeah, all things considered, I think he's a great replacement and outshines Telvin, I feel like, in some spots. Yeah, he's been admirable so far, I think. Yes. Again, And I just can say, I mean, we're on social media a lot. I don't think we have people calling into our show saying, dang, Telvin. Man, if we only mm-hmm. had Telvin. That, 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 that drive. Now, could you say if they had Telvin, does that drive not happen? Maybe because Quincy got picked on a little bit, I think. Yeah. We're talking more yeah, about he, that he, last he year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, tomorrow. And, yeah. you know, we're going to go through that final drive. We got, yeah. we got an idea for tomorrow, okay? So yeah. hang with us on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, just a thought. Anyway, we'll get back to Jags in a moment, a little bit. I also want to talk about Yannick Ngakwe mm-hmm. and his situation. Because right now the stat column's not saying much. And I know what the contract column says. Yeah. And all that talk about Yannick Ngakwe, I want to go there in just a little bit. But first, let's go shift and pivot right now with Martin uh, to the NCAA into this California uh, law that just got put in place. LeBron James, a big guy behind some of this, supporting some of this. Uh, it was 2023 where you can now, uh, in California, get paid for uh, your likeness and, and all that stuff. Florida may follow suit soon. Uh, there's apparently that's being pushed. I think a lot are going to follow. And there might be a lot of other states, good or bad. Before we get to what LeBron James had to say, because he's in favor of it. You've been in favor, so I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, for a long time now. You want to break it down a little bit? Yeah, what, why is it a good well, thing? Yeah, listen, I mean, the NCAA, they generate so much money, especially uh, with football, that eventually the players have to be reimbursed. But the problem that you face is if you do reimburse just the football teams or the football players of those big universities, well, then you're not really saying much to the other uh, sports, such as, you know, like baseball, softball, gymnastics, uh, even some basketball teams, you know, because not every basketball team is Duke, North Carolina. So you have to find a way to make everybody happy, which is not an easy thing to do, especially nowadays, because if you have one flaw in your plan, people are going to jump on top of it and say, no, we can't do this. It's not going to work. Go back to the old ways. So it was kind of my theory. And I, listen, this theory has been thrown on all the time, but I feel like if you license the name, if you sell the name, then you have an opportunity uh you know, for student athletes to make money because it's based off of the performance, right? So, for instance, Tim Tebow, one of the greatest football players of all time in college. Well, if he had his name sold, you know, if they're selling Tebow jerseys, he would directly, you know, get money from that. And that's with any big program. It's actually with any program in general because even the smaller schools, you know, people turn out to to the games and people want to buy a jersey. They want to buy a jersey of the star player, but it just doesn't stop there. Now, let's take into account like the cool stories uh, in college football. For instance, I talked about the punter from Miami. Guy's covered in tattoos. He's from Australia. He's got a mustache. He's kind of like that cult hero, right? Well, 
sell a t-shirt with his, you know, his mustache, something on it and let him get him, get him a cut of that money. And, Absolutely. and fans would jump on board with that. So it's not just a star player kind of thing. It can be a punter. It can be a, a lineman who are always like the grimy guys, the unsung heroes, but they can be cult heroes as well. It can really be anybody and it can be applied to any single sport. And I think once you do that, um, I feel like everybody wins and it holds the student athlete accountable because now they have to ask themselves, well, I have to behave properly in a public light because if I don't, that's going to hurt my name. That's going to hurt my brand. And if I hurt my brand, I'm not getting money. All right. I don't want to bring Martin into the fold on it. Give me your opinion on it. But you're in a world where, well, if this goes into place, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my view is you yeah, own Palm Beach Autographs. If yeah. you want to bring in whoever, name your guy or, or gal or, or star athlete at whatever school for a signing, under this rule in California, you'd be able to do it. Absolutely. Uh, I 100% agree with everything that Austin just said. I think this is long overdue. Um, this is a billion-dollar industry now. Mm-hmm. And Austin, to your point, I think a lot of times people are like, well, when I was growing up, it was this way, and yeah. it should stay this way because it was good enough when I was a kid. Well, you know what? Things have changed. And that's progress. Yeah. And sometimes people have a lot of time, you know, problems with that, and that's fine. Um, but Brent, to answer your question, yeah, um, I think this will just legitimize everything. Um, look at some recent things that were in the sports world the last few years. Uh, some big names: Todd Gurley, Johnny Manziel, to name two that were, you know, signing autographs during college and being compensated for it. Todd Gurley. From my, from my understanding of what it was, was you know met some guy. The guy came up to him, said, "Hey, I'll give you ten bucks an autograph, fifteen dollars an autograph, something like that, if you sign all these photos and these mini helmets for me." Went into his car, signed all the stuff for him. The guy made his money, and then he did it for another guy. And as soon as he did it for that other guy, you know what that dude did? He took the video that he took secretly of mm-hmm. Todd Gurley signing the images, so yeah. that he could have them authenticated from James Spence authentication. And he sent it in because he felt slighted because now somebody else had his product mm-hmm. because he had cornered the market and given Todd Gurley a little bit of money, you know, to sign autographs. And now he was signing for somebody else. And th- and he got suspended for four games. Right. Four Am I right? Games. Three or yeah. four games for yeah. that. Where and and all he was doing with that money, sending it back to his mom. Mm-hmm. That's what these guys are doing there. You know, these guys, a lot of these guys come from not a lot. And so this gives them a legitimate way to make a little bit of extra money. Johnny Manziel didn't need that money. No. Johnny Manziel Correct. came from money. And let me tell you something. Johnny Manziel probably made over six figures signing autographs while he was in college. And he got suspended for what? One half of one game? Yeah. What? So what are we talking about here? I yeah. mean, let's, let's, let's just legitimize it, make it on the up and up. And do it the right way. Yeah, and I don't think the NCAA, as long as laws go into place, they can't police half the stuff that goes on already. Anyway, Absolutely. They can't police that stuff. Right? No. Not the right it's way. Happening. It's happening. It happens. And it you does. can't police it. And they know different ways to get around it. And there's cash that you can't follow and all yep. this stuff. So I don't think the NCAA can stop that. I don't think they can stop really what's going on legislation-wise either. I just don't think they can do it. I don't think they will do it. Are there some downturns to it? Well, absolutely. There's always downturns absolutely. to all There's this Absolutely. There's positive stuff. and negative. But are you going to tell – right now, it is the most crooked thing in sports is college athletics and football absolutely. and basketball. Mm-hmm. It might be the most crooked thing going on in sports yeah. is college football and basketball. Yeah. And we all do this. We just turn our heads. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we don't say anything because you know why? We like watching that football Final Four. We love watching March Madness. We don't care what else is going on. Just give me my games, and I'm guilty of it, man. I am certainly guilty of it. I, I don't like don't don't take away my March Madness. I want to fill out that damn bracket. Yeah. <laughs> so we we don't. They can't police it. It's already going on. And so I think it does legitimize some things. Yes, there are going to be some bad things that come out of it. In fact, I'm not even smart enough or either I've been too busy enough to probably figure out what all the bad things are that might go on. My mind hasn't gotten that far yet. You probably know. (laughs) What's the downside? What's the big what's going to come out of this five years down the road and be like, oh, shoot. Yeah, we didn't see that coming or they shouldn't have done that. Here's why. So being a being a proponent of it and being in favor of it. Absolutely. But I've you can forward think, too, and look at some of the issues that are going to come up. And if you're going to legitimize it, one thing they need to really look think about is think about it like this. What's preventing a booster? Let's use Alabama. Right. They're the big dog. What's preventing somebody from Bama just literally going to every recruit and saying, I'm going to give you a five hundred thousand dollar guaranteed marketing deal to sign autographs and then just never get a single thing signed. So it needs to be on the up and up. There needs to be legitimacy to it or else it's just basically the same thing. Exactly. Which is happening. I mean, but but this opens a door for it to happen more openly. You just have to figure out the way to do it the right way. Nothing's ever perfect at first. Mm. How about the people that say and again, I do. I sense this, too. This is why it's so complicated. It's not all or nothing. You went to Murray State. Did you on scholarship? Correct. Okay. So did you have to pay for it? Do you mind me asking? No, you're fine. Absolutely. Did you have to pay for anything? Books or or, uh, dorm or did you get any stipend? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, room and board was taken care of. Yeah. Um, You know, food was taken care of, obviously, in the cafeteria. And then we did receive a stipend uh, every month. And that kind of went towards either extra meals or like rent if you lived off campus. Okay. Yeah. So you got something. Correct. That was valuable. Yeah. I can tell you, mom listening to Wisconsin thinks that's valuable. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, right? first of all, the scholarship was valuable in the first place. That's what I'm like saying. That, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there is value there. Yeah. And, to, and to all the folks that, like the Todd Gurley that's sending money back to his mom, all those things, and I understand that helps too. But for the folks that could not afford to go to school, and this could be any race, any whatever, mm-hmm. well, this is something. This is tangible. This is an opportunity. Absolutely. It's an opportunity because you're good in sports. Mm-hmm. To go to school, get an education, wherever sports leads you. I know everybody's grand scheme is get to the NFL, get to the NBA, get to wherever. But sometimes it doesn't. Well, now you have a piece of paper that should help you in your next well, phase of life. Yeah. And there's an importance to that. I, they, you can't undervalue that. So the critics of it say, well, you are getting something. I understand. It, there's a value to it. So I think you have to accept that side. The bottom line is when it comes to that part, and this is where I use Tebow more than anybody, mm. it's okay. That's cool. Whether you didn't, whether you could have afforded to pay for college or not, you got a, a scholarship. I mean, I walked on. I had to pay. I had student loans when I got out. But if I could have made this while you're making this, well, that's just the world, man. Absolutely. I mean, that's just, you know, we, you brought it up before. Didn't, I think you did. The guy in the band, mm-hmm. the guy studying music or wherever and puts a song, uh, Zach Brown band, who's going to Georgia and and playing in, in bars in, in Athens sure. and puts an album out and it comes out in their sophomore year. This didn't happen, by the way, but I'm just saying if it did, well, they're going to go make a ton of yeah. money 
But oh, they're yeah. an athlete. That's I mean, exactly they're a student right. at the well, school, but the athlete can't. Well, and of course, and it, it, say like you, you know, you're you're in the band, and say you do a classical music, you can get, you can pay, you can charge people lessons. You know, like you can yeah, kind of have like yeah. your own company, own business? your own business. You know, as opposed to and I forgot who the guy was, but a UCF player, I think he was the kicker, had his own like YouTube video thing, he was yeah. making money off of. Yeah. And then NCAA shut that down. Yeah. And said you're a student athlete, you can't do that. So you can't be an. An entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. You know, so <laughs> it's, it, so it's it, it's almost like a double standard. Yeah, where, absolutely, it's listen, a double standard. You got band kids that are on scholarship, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, it takes a lot of talent, a lot of hard work and dedication to get to that point, and they bust their ass and spend a lot of hours perfecting their craft, just like a football player. But then a band a band guy can go charge money for lessons and start his own business, you know, be an entrepreneur, and a football player can't. So how is that right? Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. just old guy versus yes. Is is it is <laughs> it, it that topic? Yes, yeah. it really is. I mean, uh, to that point, I've always used a few examples to when I'm talking to people about that. I've used the music one. Mm-hmm. I've said, what if you're a smart kid and you can write an application? You're a computer science programmer and you write an application. That's not the universities. You write yeah. that your freshman year, you sell that application to whoever you make money off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes for for anything for any other kid that wants to start a business. Wants to be, you know make some money. It, it, it's it's very hypocritical, and yeah, I I do. I think it's old thinking versus new thinking. Yeah, and it's it's it is kind of like oh, this is the way we did it. You know, we yeah. had Carson Pickett on. Yeah, young lady from St. John's Country Day. Mm-hmm. You know, who's uh, had a collegiate career and is playing professional soccer. Has yep. one arm. Remember yeah. that story? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Think about all the maybe the dollars mm-hmm. she could have received in college as a women's soccer player. Yeah, not absolutely. a revenue generating sport. But if she did something that has gone viral, you know, it, but she did it in college. Well, and keep in mind, too, it's not always the positive stories, right? But, like, so sometimes there's tragedy in college with college, you know, student-athletes, yeah. and sometimes you can't do a GoFundMe because they're they're student-athletes. Well, what a better way to support somebody than, you know, buy their jersey, and maybe that money can go towards, Great you know, point. helping them out. Yeah, there's so in, much in a more. tough spot. Stay with us, Martin Buckley, also Jason Fitz on the other side from ESPN. We're talking some college football as well here on ESPN 690. Like I said, the good conversations happen in the break. We're still talking. Martin Buckley on his way out. Palm Beach autographs going to Guns N' Roses. America's guest doesn't miss the concert. Have fun tonight, man. I'm jealous. It's unbelievable, this guy. I'm jealous, man. I want to go with you. But unfortunately, the Milwaukee Brewers (laughs) call, Brent. (laughs) That's right. The Milwaukee Brewers call tonight. Hey, speaking of concerts, uh, how about Thomas Rhett? You want to go there? You don't answer that question. <laughs> I was like, are you really asking there that are question right now? There people that do, and I no, wouldn't hey, mind too. If I didn't have high school football on Friday, you know I'd probably go to this. Check it out. Uh, Zach Brown Band coming up in a couple weeks. I'll be there. I'm not mad at that one, Brent. Oh. Pretty good. I'm going is, to that. Is, is that a uh, Dailies? That's is that a Dailies. Okay, okay gotcha. Yeah. Man. What if Zach will come on the show? I love you, Zach Brown Band. Dude, come on, man. You're my have favorite. Him, come have on the show. Like our, our, our celebrity guest for the six-pack. I know. We'll do it a day early. He'll he's, be he's in, in town. The sports. We'll do the show at Dailies. Yeah. If they'll let us. I doubt they will. Yeah. But come I on. I mean, come on, Zach. Where's the camera right there? Yeah. Hey, Zach. I sang colder weather in the middle of downtown Chicago for karaoke during St. Patty's Day last year in front of thousands of people. The least he can do is come on our show and make some football picks. Well, the least. I mean, hey, hey, we're trying well, to be nice to him here. We're trying hey. to get him on. Now, I'll tell him I, I, every night before the kids went yeah. to bed, sang chicken fried to the kids. And I'm going to be honest, colder weather, not a good karaoke choice. I, I Tough to- one? I totally misread the room. Well, it, it's kind of a downer, right? Like, yeah. you can't go from Sweet Caroline to all of a sudden, all right, colder weather. I know, man. Oh, right? What a great song. Oh, Brent the Goosebumps. I just got him, too. Brent I think. the Goosebumps, man. 
This you, is such you, a good you song. You want to talk about some is real life? Is that because you're cold? Some, some or is it because no, because it's talking about real life, Coos. You should listen sometime. Oh, man. Yeah. I love this guy. Yeah. It's good stuff. And now, did I nail every single note in that bar? You better believe I did, Brent. I, I almost cried during the term of karaoke performance. What you should do is see if Zach and the band need a little uh, saxophone. Now we're talking a little baritone saxophone All action. saxophone. Yep, better believe it. Don't be afraid to say it. And that's the funny thing, talking to Jason Fitzpatrick, too, uh, today. Fitz. I'm sorry, Fitz, not Fitzpatrick. No, yeah, Jason, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Jason Fitz. Sorry about that, Jason. It's the a Zach Perry. Yeah, Van Perry. Thank you. But um, it's crazy now because... I have to change my son's course of what he's going to do with his life. You know, like I was pushing him down the football route, but now talking to, to Jason, talking to Fitz and everything, I think we have to go with the band uh, route. And, and that's going to be fine. But, like, I don't want to be that, that band dad that's going to have his son playing in the parking lot with some friends, you know, playing catch up, playing 500 with the football. I'll be like, get your butt home. We got practice to do. Like, <laughs> I don't want my son out here throwing the football around like, you know, some Neanderthal. Get in your room and get on that saxophone. So, I don't want to have to be that dad, Brent, but unless NCAA boy makes some changes, I just might have to be. By the way, uh, Zach Brown Band, too, has a new uh, album out, The yeah. Owl. Okay. So um, I've been listening to it. I got it right here. Well, what do you think? Good stuff? I like it. Okay. I do like it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll I, check it out. It is one of the few. I think Zach Brown Band and probably Eric Church mm-hmm. are the two, and, and I like a lot of other country stuff, but those are the two that I say I can't wait till the album comes out, the new album. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Like, you guys do that with Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Right? Something I mean, like that. I yeah. remember when it came out. You guys were about as excited as I've well, ever seen you. It was, show. it was more joking, but yeah. Okay, no, I think ahead. it was genuine by right, Coos. Okay. It might have been genuine by My other job depends on me being excited about that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, Zach Brown Band, Thursday, October yeah. 17th. We'll do the show over there, and we'll even bring you a bottle of Vita de Luis tequila because yeah. it's always happy hour horn time on the show. Get a shot, tip your star tenders. Hey, Vita DeLuis recently got a 94 rating. Vita DeLuis, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, wants to help our friends in the Bahamas as well. Vita DeLuis has friends all over the place and help them raise money for the Treasure Key Relief Fund in Hopetown Rising. 50% of all merchandise off VitaDeLuis.com will go to those funds. VitaDeLuis.com. Again, made in tequila, Mexico. Shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. Locally owned and go to VitaDeLouis.com. 50% off all merchandise will go to those funds, Treasure Key Relief Fund and Hopetown Rising to help our friends in the Bahamas. All right, by the way, I never did give away the Thomas Rhett tickets. Uh, let's do it right <laughs> now. Coos, your turn to decide what number caller you want. It's all up to you. What did you uh-huh. learn in Texas? I mean, they didn't go over, like, caller numbers. <laughs> did they say, did they say in that, at the convention, like, what number gets called in the most or, or asked the most? Did they go, like, is it three? Is it seven? We've done five. Like, if we had to do a poll, five. Oh, five's been the one. I mean, Bortles it, and then, yeah. yeah. What else did we do five? It was Bortles heavier at first. Maybe it was just, 
Yeah, maybe we didn't even notice. Maybe Bortles had that kind of effect on us the whole time. Yeah, but we, we seem to go five. We do five a lot. What I was going to say five. <laughs> See? There you go, five. I mean, you're the one answering the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so you did this to yourself. Thomas Rhett tickets, uh, that's coming up this Friday. Call in now, 904-362-9901, star star 690 to win a couple of tickets. All right, let's get back to some football talk. I got one for you. Hit me with it. Yannick Ngakwe. Mm. We talked about him for months on the show. That was a big story for we a long time. We talked about the whole situation. Well, the situation is what it is. I mean, we told you way back in late July, early August, it's a stalemate. Sure. And nothing's changing. Nothing's moved. I mean, since then, Jalen Ramsey's done all his things. Uh, Miles Jack got paid in since from then to now. Mm-hmm. Nothing doing on the Yannick Ngakwe front, it appears. Numbers aren't piling up for Yannick Ngakwe. 30 sacks through or 29 and a half through his first three years. I think he has zero because he got credit for one when he uh, – the touch yes, on the Josh Allen play. But I think Josh Allen cor- uh, ended up getting that sack. Okay. So I think he has zero. How's he playing in your mind? And what's going through his mind, do you think, a month through the year, the numbers aren't out there, and he's playing on a $2 million deal? Yeah. So let me ask you this question, Brent. Don't mean to put you on the spot, but it's it's a pretty generic question that could help kind of paint the picture a little bit here. What do you think Yannick Ngakwe's biggest strength is as a defensive end or as a as a rush guy? Strap, uh, strap, strip, strip, sack, fumble guy. Yeah, I mean, it's rushing the passer. You mean? Yeah, but like, what what makes him such a good pass rusher? Oh, speed. Thank you very much. It's his get off. It's his ability to get off the line. Well, when I watch Yannick Ngakwe, and this is a guy who, and we knocked on wood how many times for him when we were talking about the contract negotiations, um, obviously the prayers won't hurt because I think he's really getting hampered by his hamstring injury. You know, and listen, you know, hamstring injuries, they can affect offensive linemen, they can affect receiver. I mean, name your position. A lot of guys suffer from hamstring injuries. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I think, had a hamstring injury. So, like, a lot of guys suffer from them. But when you talk about what position... Uh, you use your hamstrings most, or you have to rely on being healthy. The top of the list is going to be that rush, that rush end, because it's all about explosiveness. You know, some pass rushers, Brent, they can get away with you know speed to power. They they can get away with maybe a little slower get off and have to rely more on your strength as opposed to your speed. Well, we talked about Yannick Ngakwe, and if you want to fault him for something, if you want to nitpick him for something, you could say, well, maybe he's a little undersized. Now, obviously, I've shared my thoughts about it. I don't think that's the case, but people could you know point to that. Well. If you're a little undersized, your bull rush isn't going to be really a go-to move, right? It's going to be more of the speed rushes, the club rips, things of that nature. Well, if you have a hampered hamstring, um, if it's even 70%, if you feel it at all, that's going to affect your pass rush. And as a guy who relies so much on getting in and out of his stance as fast as possible, attacking the line, if you can't do that, man, that throws off your whole entire game. But do you think he looks slow? See, to me, he doesn't. Like and and maybe I understand what you're saying. It yeah. might not look that way. Yeah. Uh, I watched a play yesterday that he made in, on in Sunday's game where there was a screen play. I think to Freeman. I don't think it was to Lindsey. Mm-hmm. But I think it was to Freeman. And you know, Yannick's rushing up the field, peels around and chases down the screen some ten, twelve yards no, down yeah. the field. I know what you're talking about. Play? Yes, I do. Really good play because it would have been a big chunk of yards. Well, and that's one of those plays where you can just be like, oh, he's fine, and like you don't get make that tackle, like you said. Yeah, that could be eight, eight out the gate. And so, 
I would say from a speed, like it didn't look hampered there, right? He yeah. Did, he looked fine there. Sure. And would that show up? Would a hamstring but, show up in that situation? Yeah. So here's the difference, though, Brent. Well, when you're talking speed like that, where you can just, you know, you're you're not in your stance, that's a little different. Like the the big thing I'm talking about is when you're in, you know, that, that track stance, your four point stance, or even a two point stance, and literally your first step is the most important thing. If you're hampered by a hamstring, which I assume he is, because if any time you miss a game for a hamstring, oh, listen, yeah. listen, I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that hasn't missed a lot of games in no. his career. You know, I don't think he's missed any he until miss any. the, well, was it Tennessee? It or was uh, second Houston. one, Houston. Houston, thank you. So the fact that he even missed the game in the first place, especially during a, a contract negotiation, tells me he was really hurt. Now, can a hamstring heal over time? Yeah, but even in two weeks, it's not going to be 100%. And I'm telling you, if it's not 100%, you're going to feel it. That's going to affect your pass rush. Okay, there are other parts to this story, though. There are. And, and I don't know where the hamstring is. He's playing through it, and mm-hmm. he's gotten it out. And by yeah. the way, if you want I'm not even trying to use this as a juxtaposition to Jalen Ramsey and his tight back and all that. No, okay, okay, not going there, yeah. uh, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is he playing better than his numbers are showing? See, I think... We came off that first game against Kansas City. And we're mm-hmm. like, where was the pressure? Where is everything? Where Nobody got home. They yeah. weren't even close. Well, it turns out that if you go back and ask people and look at that tape a little bit more and see where they were, yeah, Mahomes getting rid of it quick, but they also were pretty close on a lot of plays. Correct. And I think the other day I saw some plays where I thought Yannick Ngakwe was pretty close. I thought Josh Allen was close on a couple plays. I know close is close. But the bottom line is they're right there. And you're talking about inches sometimes and being making a play and a big play and, and everybody talking differently about you. So are there hidden things like the screen play that I, that I was talking about? There are, yeah. are there other plays that he's like, ooh, so close, but they decided well, on this play to get rid of it in a second and a half and nobody's getting home? And, and listen, to be fair, yeah, because that screen play stands out because that's more effort, right? Like it, it doesn't take uh, talent. It doesn't take, you know, the, the ability to rush the passer. It just takes the want to. And Yannick Ngakwe on that play showed the want to. Now, unfortunately, you don't make the big bucks with want to. Right, like you yeah. have to you have to combine the want to with uh, sacks and things of that nature, but it's like you mentioned the pressures. So last year, people want to say, well, the Jaguars' defense regressed a little bit, right? They want to say Yannick Ngakwe didn't have as good as a year because maybe he was getting game planned a little more, and teams are starting to focus on Yannick Ngakwe. I don't know how many sacks and where like the Jaguars finished last year in terms of sack production, but I do know that the Jaguars finished top five last year in number of pressures on the quarterback. And that's a telling number, too, because if you watch the Jaguars last year, the defensive line wasn't the problem. I think the defensive line was one of the bright spots of the of the team. You know, so it's hard, right, because pressures affect the game so much. Um, a pressure can cause an interception. Uh, a pressure can cause a quarterback to just throw the ball away. A pressure can change the outcome of a game, Brent. But unfortunately, um, teams that are trying to you know pay a new player or pay a guy that's been in the system for a while, teams don't look at pressures that much. Like the, the you know they may here and there, but sacks is the big number. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the well, strip sack can, fumbles. You can use the negoti- in the negotiations. You can use you can. that. Well, there's only had six sacks or exactly. only had this many sacks as a and, and maybe the Jags did use that. You know, mm-hmm. he only had nine and a half sacks I think last year. Didn't have coming off a 14 sack season. Yeah. Only I say, but I'm just telling you from a negotiation standpoint, maybe you're you're probably right. Even though, wait a minute, let's look inside these numbers a little bit more. Yeah. Look at that hustle play. Yeah. Look at how close he is. Look at the pressures. Look at moving off a a spot which is an important thing so i think if you ask the front office maybe compared to maybe if you ask a d-line coach you might get different answers on those kind of things to your point but i've got two big questions on this one is did the jags make the right move waiting then 
See, that depends, though. And, and I shouldn't say waiting the, because apparently there was an offer of some kind. But my thing, well, thing is apparently. Not, not moving the offer up and saying, oh, we got to go get it right now. Instead, kind of keeping their position. Did they well, make the right move by not paying? Them? Well, let's be honest, though. You, you could say, well, yeah, because say Yannick Ngakwe has below 10 sacks. Um, then you could say, well, yeah, maybe we did make the right decision. But you still have to assume that Yannick Ngakwe wants to be here. You know, I mean, I understand he's under contract, so technically he is a Jacksonville Jaguar for what? Well, two more? Or no, no, th- this is it, but they can franchise him. Okay, you can franchise him. Thank and then you. they'll yeah, have yeah. to make that decision based on will you franchise a guy for $18 million if he does only have six sacks or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and then that's another topic, you know, I mean, down but, the line. But you have to ask yourself the question does he want to be here then? Yeah. You know, I mean, at least if you locked him up during training camp, during the summer, well, he's tied to your team then. You, you show that, yeah, we're going to pay you this much, you're part of our team now. Fantastic. Who knows what happens with this whole Jalen Ramsey saga? Who, who knows what happens there? And who knows if it has a direct effect or a direct correlation to Yannick Ngakwe? Because now all of a sudden you, you lose your best corner. You lose one of the best corners in the league. That affects your pass rushing abilities a little bit. Hate to say it. And we'll see with Calais Campbell as well. You know, I mean, a big thing with pass rushing as well is you have to have that dominant three technique as well. I mean, it, it goes hand in hand. So if you're Yannick Ngakwe right now and you're not getting paid yet, you want to see how this season pans out. And you want to see what happens and who leaves and who stays because that's going to have a direct correlation of if you want to be in Jacksonville or not. All right, hang, hang with us, Coos, for one more second because i got the final part of this. And I think this is the question that needs to be asked. And it's kind of a combo one. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give it to you in these. Did Yannick Ngakwe make a mistake not taking the deal? Uh, yeah. Whatever deal it was, sure. you know, I mean, it's debatable whether it's a, whether it was 17 million, whether it was 19 million, where it was, it wasn't as like it was reported, all that stuff. Yeah. Fine. It was more than two million, is my point. Of course. So, did he make a mistake not get not taking whatever deal was out there, or at least maybe working more toward the deal on on their side or his side or, or however that stopped? And secondly, to that, is he getting? Is there a point where he, frustration could set in yeah. because of everything else that's going on? He wants to have a monster year, and, he, and the numbers aren't adding up just yet. Do we have to keep an eye on maybe potential frustration? So first question, did he make a mistake by not taking the money right now up front? And I say no, because at the end of the day, Yannick Ngakwe bet on himself, and I'm never going to fault a player whether it turns out in the, in the long run or not. I get it, hindsight's twenty twenty. but for I'm, where I'm sitting right now after week four, I'm never going to fault a player for believing in themselves and thinking, you know what, I'm going to go out there to get 15 sacks, 16 sacks, and make the big money. Not going to fault Yannick Ngakwe whatsoever. Still plenty of season left. Um, to, to answer your second part, you know, there is still a lot of game. There's still a lot of games left to be played, Brent. So as far as, you know, the season's concerned, I mean, look at, I think Aaron Donald, I don't think Aaron Donald even has a sack. He, he may have acquired one against Tampa Bay, but the first three games, I don't think Aaron Donald I don't think they did sack. much on defense against oh, Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and this is kind of where I'm getting at where. Well, and Miller and Chubb didn't have yeah. one for the first three games. But, and listen, but Jacksonville didn't have a sack at all against Denver, Brent. And, and we watched a Green Bay team feast on that Denver offensive line and Green Bay. Hey, listen, I, I, I love when you Packer fans. But you're going to come with me on this one. They have an island of misfit toys right now at rush linebacker. They, they have Smith and Smith. One guy was from uh, Denver. I'm sorry. One guy was from Baltimore. Other guy from Washington. If I tell you the names of their rush linebackers, I guarantee 80% of the people won't recognize their names. But they, they still made a name for themselves against Denver. So this goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about, Brent, where for whatever reason, the Jaguars have been struggling rushing four straight up. Um, and when you have problems doing that, whether it's Kalea, and I get it, Kalea's had a huge game, but we haven't really heard of Josh Allen getting the backfield that much um, in terms of pass rushing, getting the sacks. We haven't obviously heard of uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Now Smoot had one, but 
I think that it needs to be said, well, yeah, take a look of what you have right now and ask yourselves, why isn't this working? Yeah, because you said it as you look yeah. back. We're going to talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, we talked about forward, it a bunch. But that front forward just alone isn't getting home. Now, yeah. again, I think it's a little – don't look at just the zero. I think it's close. Yannick Ngakwe, yeah. Allen, Calais, Calais. Remember that almost forced the interception? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's close. It's just not getting home right now for the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here's my thought on what I just asked you. And I thought about this a lot last mm-hmm. night. I was thinking about the Yannick situation as I was watching him make some maybe more plays than being shown, you know, and, and not necessarily highlight. But I think when they break him down in the team room and the film room, I think he's like, hey, he's playing pretty good, sure. playing okay. So I think there's more to it. But I also think, while I would say on the face value, it's like, oh, did he miss? He made a mistake. I mean, he's playing for $2 million. I think you got to be careful on, on looking at it that way because – he didn't just have a $2 million lottery ticket or, a, say, an 18, 19, 17, whatever it is, million-dollar lottery ticket, mm-hmm. and it was just gone if he didn't cash it in within a year. Good point. Either way, if the Jags franchise tag him, he's going to make big bucks. If the Jags let him walk because they don't want to pay $18 million, $19 million for a franchise tag, he's still going to make big bucks. Mm-hmm. He's got 30 career sacks. Mm-hmm. Even if it's $13, $14 million, $15 million, whatever it might be, he might lose some money. Based on this year, he might. I mean, that's just the way it's tracking right now. Mm-hmm. Because are you going to sign a guy to a twenty million per year deal if he's coming off a six or seven sack season? If yeah. that's the way it pans out, I would say no. But he's still going to get thirteen, fourteen million per year, or whatever it is. It's a high paid premium position. He's going to make a lot of money. So did he gamble on himself? And, and you respect that? Absolutely. Did he throw away a lottery ticket? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. He's still sitting on a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who knows? Again, I think he's playing a little bit better than the numbers look like right now. And all it takes is a couple of games oh, to get those numbers stacked <laughs> up, too. It, well, it seems like it happens in waves, Brent. Like one game, you don't have any sacks. And the next game, all of a sudden, the defensive line's facing. There's blood in the water. It's yeah. just the way it works. Interesting they situation, come in though. It's an interesting situation that we monitored all off season, mm-hmm. And now here it is materializing. And we all kind of had our eyes on it. But I think it's forgotten with all the other storylines mm-hmm. of where this ends up. And, I mean, we're. I think everybody. I think the team is. I, I think people want to say are rooting for them. To get to however many it takes to get to that big contract. I know yeah. that's the public opinion. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fans are rooting for him. Yeah. And and I think also it shows against Denver, zero sacks. As much talent as this defensive line has, yeah. you can't have enough of it. True. Because as much talent as they had, they still came away with a goose egg in sacks. Mm-hmm. So everybody who thought, oh, we got Josh Allen now. You don't need Yannick Ngakwe. Hold the no, phone. Yeah, yeah. Stop the car. Yeah. You can't have enough of them. And mm-hmm. you have no idea where Calais' situation will land you next year, Marcel Darius' situation will land you, all those kind of things. You need Yannick Ngakwe on this football team. Mm-hmm. Not just this year, I think, but going forward. Agreed. Uh, it will just be a matter of how much Yeah. <laughs> and if they get something done. All right, some balling and falling coming up, a little stay in your lane as well. Maybe we'll talk a bit of baseball for your Brewers. It's a big night for you. Big Throw night. some dogs well, on the fire. Yeah, it's, it's a big night for me, and it's a big uh, world. It's, it's a big playoff push here oh, for you as well, man. Time. Stakes have I'm never in. been higher for I'm you. I'm all in. It's debatable <laughs> if I'm more in now or last year when the Red Sox made a run for the World Series. Here we go. It might be this year. <laughs> That's how bad I want to win. That's how big my ego is. Pride on the I line. I mean, really, the, the, the whole show is kind of riding on this. This whole thing, no pressure. It really is. Yeah. My ego. <laughs> Next on ESPN 690. <laughs> you oh, got yeah? the chipmunks, huh? the chipmunks, huh? How about that? Audio crash. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, 
I think that was going to be Chris Conley from last night's uh, <laughs> Top Golf Jags Report Live. I tell you what, man. Listen, we tried to pick. I tried to find somebody that could talk sports yeah. on the radio and like outside the box. So yeah. here you are. Thank you, man. I'm trying. If Chris Conley retires in a couple months, you're fired. <laughs> you know what? And I'm not even mad about that. Like I've I've watched the show a little bit, and dude's talented. He's good. Dude's very comfortable. He's really good. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's done a lot of it either. But you know we don't very even, well spoken. We yeah. didn't really we didn't really prep him. Yeah. And we it's kind of one of those things where you go through the some of the plays like the Minshew plays. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. he's seeing it on the monitor, and quite frankly, it's a connection thing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes what you're seeing on the monitor might not actually it might skip. Kind of like that, yep, or yep. Uh, or it might get caught up and frozen. Sure. I mean, he doesn't miss a beat. He's really good, mm -hmm. and I, we knew that right away, right? We talked to him yep. in in the spring and OTAs, and then in camp. And first interview, you knew that. You, you yeah. just knew it. He's an interesting guy. The Star Wars stuff, you know, surfs. the surfs, um, and he's a good player. Yeah. You know, and you know what's interesting about Conley is he. I think he showed it on that final drive, that one play where he he got another few yards mm -hmm. that Lambo was talking about. Yeah, but he's tough. Mm -hmm. Remember in the was it uh, maybe it was the Thursday night game? Didn't he run over a defensive back and drag them right across yeah, the first down marker? I think that was uh, Tennessee. I yep. think it was Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But I think he's like he's a he can be a fast guy. Yeah, he's been labeled fast guy. Mm -hmm. But I think he's also a tough guy, like a, a almost like Didi. Didi is not a phys, like you don't think of him as a physical receiver, but, but, but he has but some he that dog in be. him. Yeah, and, and to be fair, you know a lot of wide receivers out there, they're kind of like that prima donna, right? Like they, yeah. They, yeah, they make the catches, but they would rather run out of bounds and you know be safe as yeah. opposed to lowering your shoulder and truck sticking somebody. But that's a great point you brought up with Didi. You know, with Conley. I mean, even I think DJ Chark's got a little bit of that in him, and yeah, that, that, that's kind of rare, especially from a whole wide receiving core. Yeah, holy cats, by the. way. Way. I looked I, when I was watching that game. Yeah, that the third down play to lead to the twenty-three to seventeen field goal to Chark. Oh yeah, another underrated throw by Minshew and a good catch. It was good coverage by Chris Harris. I think yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. My goodness, I mean, we don't talk some of these plays. I know there's some crazy miraculous plays Minshew's making. Yeah. But some of those throws, they I don't just know, pop to me. Like, yeah. Again, I'm average Joe guy when it comes to X's and O's. Yeah. I don't sit here and grade people's arms. I don't go that way. I don't yeah. pretend to. I know a lot of people on the radio do. I don't. Yeah. And that's not how I look at the game a lot of times. Yeah. But now you go back a little bit and look at some of that, and you're like, man, what? that was a good throw. That was and a I good was, catch. That was a good play. And I was doing the same thing. What about Gardner Minshew fumbling the ball, picking the ball back up, making the pass, and then drawing the uh Roughing the passer, like I know. you want to talk about Uncle Rico play, like you look like Uncle Rico on that play, man. Drops the ball, like kind of sidearms it a little bit. He should have sidearmed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the one yeah, he yeah, should have yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was awesome. The but you know, I saw some Denver stuff talking about that was a phantom pass, uh, a roughing the passer. I think that was a good call, man. Yeah, I by mean, the book, I think it was a good call. And, and listen, his head got jarred around as it got hit. Like he well, got. If you go back and look, don't worry. We want to see if it hit him in the face, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it hit him kind of like below, like in the chin, and that was harder to tell because there was a body in the way. At least the angle I saw. But if you watch his head on the play, mm -hmm. and that's what I think the officials well, see, yeah, boom, like his head goes completely Listen, sideways and then it, spins back around. Exactly. Anytime that's going to happen, you're going to make that call, regardless if it's Gardner Minshew or Tom Brady. You're making that call. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. they made the right call. I mean, mm -hmm. the, again, I saw it today in Denver. They're like. They could be 4-0 because of a phantom this, phantom that, phantom this. Well, and that was their phantom call. Yeah. 
I, I just don't. Well, nobody in Denver is saying, hey, we got away with an ineligible man downfield on the touchdown. Exactly. And to be fair, you can go back and forth and say, well, Absolutely. Gardner Minshew got hit a couple times below the waist. So maybe should have been called. Maybe shouldn't have been called. Whatever. But um, he wasn't happy with the one in the first half. I, I actually remember. think the Jags got a little lucky on the DJ Hayden third down uh, def- uh, pass defense. He had his arm wrapped. Okay. If you go back and watch it. But that was not the possession they go down and score. It was mm-hmm. one that they got him off the field before that. Yeah. And I thought that sometimes from where the officials sitting will be interference. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Lofton, who's doing the game with Catalan, said he's like, you, he doesn't tug him. Yeah. And so, therefore, the official's like, well, it didn't impede. He just kind of got his hand there. Yeah. Still, well, that's one that can be judged was, wrong sometimes. I, I think they got a bit of a break that that was an interference because that play over the middle, one-on-one, when you're diving across the body and your hand's on the side, yeah. nine out of ten times the official's going to throw that flag. Yeah. And it's, he didn't. It's just funny to me that Denver's trying to point to that one play as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to be – I mean, listen, Denver, I understand you guys are struggling right now, haven't won a game. You got this new defense coming with Vic Fangio. You think it's going to be all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Unfortunately, uh, Kuz, that was your cue. Sunshine and rainbow. Thank you very much. But uh, unfortunately, (laughs) it's not like that for Denver right now. So, I mean, if you want to blame something on Denver, blame Joe Flacco right before the half throwing a nice softball to Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. No, that's the play. Yeah. That's the play. Whatever. I mean, that's fine. And and, uh, I love blaming the officials, too, when things go wrong. Jackson course, been that's... not the beneficiary of many calls. Yeah, and listen, yeah. they got some against them that I thought were like, wait a minute, and mm-hmm. they got some probably for them that I thought, okay, that's a nice little break there. Mm-hmm. And like I always say, man, if you win games in the National Football League, you're usually catching a break here or there, Correct. and that's an okay thing. So, But I thought that was pretty – they evened each other out. I didn't think there was anything egregious across the board that was like, man, I can't believe – that cost Denver or that cost the Jags or helped the Jags. I really didn't feel that way from an officiating standpoint, even though there were a lot of flags on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a quick thought. We were talking about Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. I'm all over the place right now. But You're fine, man. I like a ton of energy for 535 on a Tuesday. I like it, man. It's, yeah. it's contagious. I'm getting energy, too. Yeah. I have to go yeah. train in 30 minutes here, you, so I appreciate it. What do you got it. today? What are you going to do? Uh, sparring today. Big, big sparring today. The amount of energy I have right now, you're lucky you're not sparring me. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Just telling you. Okay. Uh, I'd have that belt around my waist. <laughs> But Kuz was talking, we were talking about Aaron Donald, right? And yeah. Yannick Ngakwe. Yep. Aaron Donald ends up with, I did not know this until Kuz brought it up. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald ends up with 20 sacks last year. Yeah. I knew that part. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a sack in six games. Correct. Six games he didn't have a sack and he ended up with 20. Yeah. He was shut out in six games. And, and didn't have one for the, for the first three games last year. And and that was the other part of yes. it. That's the interesting tie to like an Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. He had zero through three games, mm-hmm. and then ended up with twenty. They come in, in waves, the final man. thirteen. So yep. again, that's kind of what we were talking about with Ngakwe. I think he's closer. Sure. I think he's playing better than people think. And keep in mind, he missed one game, so mm-hmm. he actually has only played three games. There you go. Interesting thought yeah. on uh, Ngakwe. But I really didn't. That was a like holy cow moment on Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that is ridiculous. So he had twenty sacks in ten games essentially. <laughs> Pretty much, man. But if you think about it the way Calais Campbell, he had four and a half sacks against Houston. He had a monster game, I think, like two and a half sacks against Miami last year. Yeah. He had three sacks this year against Tennessee. You need that. I mean, it's like baseball. You know, sometimes you're going to have five hit games, yep. and then you're going to go two weeks and hit, like, one, have one hit, go one for five. But that yeah. five hit game carries the day exactly. until you have a three hit game two weeks later. Yep. And they all average out. So and that's a, that's the beauty of it, too. When teams are negotiating contracts, Brent, they don't go back to, well, they don't. How, how consistent was he, like, Per game, per game. No, you you could have five sacks in one game and maybe like four sacks the other game. Nine sacks total, not bad. 
you're getting paid regardless. Doesn't matter how many games it, 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 you you get those in. So it is true. I mean, that's just the way it happens. But you yep. can do that. In the past, in fact, you could do that with some of the Jags games, like what they did against Indianapolis. They'd really play well against Indianapolis. Sure. Maybe Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. So when people were arguing against Bortles when he got the contract extension, it might have been, yeah, but look what he did just against Indianapolis when they stunk. Mm-hmm. Look what he did against everybody else. I don't think teams look at it that way. I think you're right. No. I think it's kind of like, here's the resume. Here's what the numbers say. The yeah. agents are saying, hey, this is what we have. This is what it is. I don't care what game it came in. This is what we got. And this is what teams are saying, too. For instance, the Carolina Panthers. Jacksonville's going to Carolina this week. I guarantee the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers is saying, we have the top three rusher in the NFL right now coming to our stadium. we got to stop him. Yeah. It happened in one game, but guess what? That's not how the coaches are going to uh, approach it. That's not how agents are going to approach it. It just it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how about some balling and falling? Let's get it done. Yeah, balling. So we didn't do balling and falling yesterday, did we? Well, not because we had so when the show was fantastic. Show. Because yeah. well, because it is. Thank you. Yes. First of all, yes. But <laughs> like some of these days, we went a whole week with Ramsey talk. Yeah. And didn't do balling and falling didn't or staying your lane. Didn't even skip a beat. No. So yeah. So this is my balling from yesterday. But hey, it's it's still uh still topical. Balling actually going to uh, Tony Romo, and I'm gonna throw a little shade on your boy Phil Mickelson. So Tony Romo hmm. uh, at his PGA Tour event went five strokes better than Phil Mickelson in the first round. Facts. So he played in that safe way? Mickelson did? Correct. Now, what did he do in the second round? Tell does, the whole, whole story. Does, no, hey, Brent, this is balling. And uh, uh, Tony Romo is balling for his first day at the tournament where he outshot Phil Mickelson by five strokes. The end. Hmm. There is no sequel. Uh, my, there is no epilogue. Okay. My uh, balling is going to be more of who will be balling because I want to get a little baseball talking without spending a lot of time on it. Yeah. And... You got Milwaukee and the Nats tonight. How nervous are you? See, one game playoffs. All this work, all season long. And I don't care what anybody says. I think tonight, fans like you, I think players, Mm -hmm. I think managers, I think this gets the butterflies going more than anything. Like, I think you could play in the World Series Mm -hmm. and have less butterflies and nerves than this one. (laughs) One game take all, man. I know. And here's the thing that scares the heck out of you with a one and done is that you just don't have it. And mm-hmm. something goes wrong. And you know what's even worse? It's like in the first inning, you like go, you have this like crazy bad inning, mm-hmm. and and you give up eight runs, and it's over. You got to sit there for like the next eight innings for three more hours, yeah. and you know it's over. And that's what can happen. That's why I don't like one game things. It's weird. Like maybe like a three game series. Yeah, the one off stinks. I understand it's really hard. You already did everything, and at least Oof. we're getting other teams involved. But I don't love the one game. I don't have a great solution for it either. Yeah. That's a scary night, I think, well, if you're tomorrow it, night for Tampa and Oakland yes. and for you and Washington tonight. And obviously it sucks being the weight team too, right? Like you have a big home field advantage. So, yeah. Do you in baseball, though? See, I don't think uh, that bothers not. me. You okay. know why? Because you got a guy on the bump. True. That's the great neutralizer. Yeah. So I, I yeah. understand. What, now, listen, playoff baseball is different. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not saying Milwaukee wouldn't be rocking. Mm-hmm. Washington will be rocking. They will be. Like Tampa, I'm not sure would have been rocking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. We're talking about Milwaukee and Washington. Am I ner- nervous? Yes, because 
They have Scherzer going, who's one of the best pitchers in the game. Now, granted, he's been a little cooler towards the end of the season, so that gives me optimism. But Milwaukee's got, listen, Christian Yelich, you know, he's the heart and soul of that team out for the season. Braun's limited. Braun kind of took over for Yelich to be that leader. Braun's now limited. And Lorenzo Cain, who's been their stud in the outfield and been Mr. Clutch for them the past week or so, he's nursing an ankle injury. So they're kind of hobbling into this wild card game. Uh, they have Brandon Woodruff starting on the mound. But you know what Craig House is going to do. And it was the story of why they went, they won 20 of their, I'm sorry, they won 18 of the last 20 games because they changed up their pitching, right? Where maybe they pitch a guy, they're like, the pitch would drift for two or three innings. They bring in a new guy because they don't look at it per inning, per inning, per inning. They look at it. We have to get 27 outs. How can we best use our pitchers, our elite pitchers, the most efficiently? And that's what Council's a genius of doing. And it's funny we're on this topic, actually. So, yeah, I would say the Milwaukee Brewers winning because I'm a homer. Uh, you should. You yeah, better. I, I will. But uh, here's what I'm curious of seeing. And this kind of affects your Huckleberry bet a little bit. Uh-oh. Breaking down the Twins-Yankees real quick. So... The Yankees, you know, they're probably the front runners, right? Like, they have all this power, but we know sometimes power doesn't get you to uh, to the World Series. I hate the Yankees. But the thing with the Yankees, though, Brent, I think you'll agree with me here. This is a weird Yankees team where they don't really have that ace that has a lot of playoff experience. Like, you would say maybe Tanaka... But Tanaka's never really been in the, you know, in the playoffs. He's never been on that World Series push. So I'm wondering, and I, listen, this is, this is, I'm taking a shot in the air here. I'm wondering if you start to see more teams, maybe like the Yankees, who maybe have a little more strength in their bullpen than they do in their starting pitching, start to implement Craig Council's thing where they use, you know, the, the, the bullpen early on. Yeah, and Tampa as well. Uh, use it early on, like in the third or fourth inning. You take Tanaka out, put like your relief pitchers in. Wait, you bring up a good point and probably just kind of indicated it too, but. The fact that they have gone the, gone this route before, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the Yankees. I'm talking more about the Brewers. Sure. In this kind of setting, yeah, where you can get to that pen early and be used to it, yeah, might be a big thing tonight. It is for Milwaukee yeah. because again, you're on a short leash. I mean, heck, I, I'm like, you get two runners on, nobody out. I'm going to the bullpen. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's that kind of night. Yeah, you have to. I mean, it's, <laughs> sta- it's staff day. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing. This is a hard game to manage. It is really hard game. Now, the, people will say managing in baseball doesn't matter anymore. This one's a hard game to manage. It absolutely matters. Yeah, it matters big time so i'm interested to see what happens you, Do you know, like you, it seriously where's your confidence as a brewers fan yeah where's your confidence if we're being wholeheartedly uh you got scherzer man yeah it's scherzer and if you look at that lineup top to bottom washington's got him beat pretty much everywhere you know and the fact that braun's a little injured lorenzo kane's injured um you can't feel really that confident. What's going to keep the Brewers in it, obviously, is their bullpen and that rotation. If they can get some good innings out of Woodruff from the start, obviously, you can maybe bring in Hader for maybe two or three innings. We'll see if they in unleash Hader. In high-leverage situations. Yes, exactly. It's my new favorite word in I, I like that, man. We'll see. Um, I'm not the most confident, but I'm hopeful, Brent. <laughs> Sometimes all right. that's all you can do. we got a lot to get to. we got yeah. Fallen. we got our Baker Sports Coach of the Week in the high school ranks, and even a little stay in your lane if you got something. Oh, I got something. Okay, that's next on ESPN 690. Starting off the season 0-2 yeah. is very difficult yeah. for a team. Uh, like I said, emotions can run high. A lot of things can happen in a locker room. But over the course of that time, Coach Marone and the other coaches have done a great job of refocusing the team, telling us to ignore the outside noise and to go back to work each and every week. And over the course of these last two games, guys have still come out every single drive, every single play with the intent to win. 
That's Chris Conley last night on Jags Report. Man, that guy's Live. good. He's good, man. Dude, he's smooth. Every time you play the audio, I get a little more nervous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think he's got some more football left in him. I think he has a little bit of so. time. Ten but years at least. Hey, we'll get Chris Conley on when you go to like the national guys and become this big radio star. I ain't going anywhere, man. So that, then we'll you go You guys to are Conley. my family, man. I ain't going anywhere. Nah, we got to get Conley fun. to join us on the radio side, too. For we'll sure. Hopefully do Did that you ask soon. my Star Wars question? You probably didn't. You probably forgot. I forgot. That's okay. What was it again? I'll ask myself if he thought uh, the Last Jedi was a good movie. Oh, because oh yeah, remember because we, we, we asked room. Jake Ryan that one, and we know what happened to Jake Ryan. I know, so I yeah. gotta be careful. Just saying, uh, yeah, the, I would hate to come on your show and have to throw him off his own show because he likes the Last Jedi. That'd be uh, that'd be unfortunate. Through Chris Conley <laughs> off, off the top deck show. of Top Golf, <laughs> <laughs> just because he didn't like. Yeah, exactly. That's a good Florida man story. We That's gave, good Florida man. We gave uh, him a five question quiz on Star Wars, and nailed him. Okay. And he got a little, I think the one question was a 12 or 10 answer, and he was like, but he got 12. So right. we kind of gave it to him. But uh, he knows his Star Wars stuff. I'll like just it. say that. Me, like on the it. other hand, I didn't even know the questions we asked. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, it's time for our Baker Sporting Goods, uh, Baker Sports Coach of the Week, High School Game of the Week. This week will be Sandalwood and Reigns. We're going to the graveyard on Friday. Looking forward to that one. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Should be a lot of fun. Make sure you check it out. Not only the audio, but also the video. Last week, we're at Mandarin and Nice, and uh, the connection for the video wasn't great, and we run into that sometimes, a little beyond our control, but we're just trying to add to the radio broadcast with it, so it's kind of an add-in. Appreciate your patience with it, but we cut up uh, 10 minute of that game, of all the highlights, so you can always go back and see that on uh, Action Sports Jacks and on ESPN 690 Facebook, YouTube, all of the above. But our Baker Sports Coach of the Week this week, we're going to give it to Panavidra's Jeff DeSandro. They are 5-0, and the Sharks. And you replaced Coach Matt Toblin, who went to Bowles. Mm-hmm. And they lost some talent. They lose Toblin, who's a very good coach to Bowles. And now Panavidra sits here at 5-0. and Impressive first-year job by Coach Jeff DeSandro. So he is our Baker Sports Coach of the Week and our Action Sports Jacks Game of the Week. Coming up on Friday will be Sandalwood against Reigns. Panavidra, by the way, has beaten Nice, Zephyr Hills, Buholz, Palatka, and Menendez, and Matanzas. I think one of those games might have been like a kickoff classic because I think I just named six wins. Mm-hmm. But they get Bartram Trail, so a big one coming up on Friday against uh, the Bartram Trail Bears. So uh, that uh, is our Baker Sports Coach of the Week. Congratulations to Jeff DeSandro. Off to a good start with the Pontevedra Sharks. All right, we're going to try to fit as many segments yeah, as yeah. we can get into one segment yep. in five minutes. How about Fallen? So Fallen, Brendan, we got some Mississippi State news, so you know what that means. Oh, yeah, ring that thing. That's all you get. Not a good ring of the bell. Hey, that's all you get because you're in Fallen today. And do you know why you're in Fallen, Mississippi State fans? Because, and let's stop lying to ourselves and, uh, you know, denying what happened. Your mascot, uh, Bully, got absolutely truck-sticked by an Auburn player during the first quarter. And uh, people want to say that Bully wasn't backing down. Bully was going to go after him. No, that's not what happened at all. Uh, The Auburn player hit the Bulldog. The Bulldog went flying in the gate. He had to go to the, the in the IR room a little bit, get checked out. Thankfully, the Bulldog was fine, so that's the most important part. But let's stop lying to ourselves and saying that the Mississippi Bulldog mascot tackled an Auburn player. No, that's not what happened at all. There you go. All right. Sorry, uh, neighbors. That was all Austin Lane. <laughs> you said you like him, but hey, not sure after today. Why I call him, I can see him, man. Uh, how about my fallen is for Biochem on the Korean tour? 
<laughs> Did you see this? I thought you said biochem. Like, we're talking chemistry now? No, I got you. Biochem. Okay. Yeah. Suspended yep. for three years. Three years for making an obscene gesture during the final round, which is basically the middle finger. <laughs> I mean, Can I go ahead and call golf, a, golfer soft? This is all a cell phone camera shutter went off during his downswing. He flipped off the crowd because of it. He actually won the event. He won the event. Oh. And he got suspended by the Korean tour for three years. And I'm sitting here vouching for Vontez <laughs> Perfect not to get Burfitt's suspended the guy. for the rest of the year yeah. after taking off a guy's head. <laughs> Can I go ahead and call golfers soft now or not? I don't know if I'm crazy or the Korean tour is about as zero tolerance as you get. Yeah. No middle fingers. That's that's insane. That's, dude, three years. I mean, so. uh, I mean, sometimes throwing up the middle finger is kind of a cool thing. Dude, to think of all the marketing that could come from it, because he (laughs) won the tournament. Dude, if I win a tournament, I'm middle fingers for everybody. Everybody can come get some. Too bad for that guy. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, that, that's I guess a, you got to find falling. a new circuit. Uh, yeah. By the way, I'm, I'm kind of falling for the golfer, but I think it's falling for the Korean tour. You can't suspend a guy for three well, years for that. I was going to say, I mean, maybe the Korean tour, but let's not make fun of the country of Korea, though. No, not yeah, Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't uh, do that. But, I mean, Tiger Woods better watch himself when he goes and plays over there. I mean, what happens if Dude, you're doing an F-bomb off the tee box? Well, I mean, he's had a one-year suspension. Let's be honest. A fist pump's going to get you at least a year. So there's no more fist pumping, Tiger. All right? All right. Act, yeah. Third, Act accordingly. The third segment within a segment. I know, man. We're lane. getting it all today, and it's all good. So uh, Cruz can – oh, Cruz hit me with it. There you go. There we go. Got to throw me off my rhythm a little bit. <laughs> I was waiting. I was haven't had a clean intro yet in the past, like, two months. It's all good, nah, One day, when he nails that, we need the little ding sign or something. There right? we that, go. We, we got to get it. So, Brent, uh, this Friday, big game for the for the UFC, UCF, no, I'm sorry, UFC, the UCF Knights in Cincinnati are taking place Friday night, ESPN, 8 o'clock. It's at Cincinnati. See what Cincinnati's doing? No. They are painting Wearing their Pittsburgh field. shirts? No. <laughs> they are painting their field black, and they're going to have red for like, the, for like the markers and everything. Oh, I think I saw a picture of that. Is that what that was? Can I be honest? Yeah. Looks pretty cool. I'm you not like mad it? at that. And then they, they have like giant bear cat eyes. Once again, not sure what a bear cat even is, but there's giant bear cat eyes in the middle of the field and at the 50-yard line. I think I looks quickly pretty, saw a picture of looks that. Looks pretty legit. I'm not mad at it. Better than the blue turf? Oh, come on, man. Does yeah, like Eastern Washington or something have like a red, red turf? turf? That'd give me a headache. Yeah. I, I, but I you can't like do this. that. I, I love this. What happens this? Yeah. when like it gets dark out on Friday night? I mean, you don't know what you're doing. Gonna be honest. Lights better work. Gonna be honest. Didn't think about that part and especially wearing black jerseys how's that going to work for the viewing experience i don't know but i'm interested i can't i'll tell you what i'm going to tune in now i I I hate that they play college football games on friday nights yeah because i think it's a high school night sure but uh i'm interested in that um ray lewis brent i'm sure you've been watching like i have dancing with the stars yeah i haven't watched it i have not watched it is it started I guess so. Uh, yeah. They should put Monday Night Football on instead. <laughs> so apparently Ray Lewis tore three tendons in his foot oh boy. Uh, while practicing the cha-cha. So unfortunately, Ray Lewis is officially out of Dancing with the Stars. You know, I saw Ray Lewis at the Baltimore game. Did you really? I walked right by him. I didn't really. And the buses, we were going to the buses Wait, to the, get on. the Baltimore game? Yeah, when, uh, oh, pre-season. preseason. Okay, gotcha. And so I was like, I'm walking by, walking by, and he's coming out with a couple other people. And sure. I didn't know. He's got a hat on at yeah. the time. 
And I'm like, hey, that was Ray Lewis. You didn't I say what's up, sir? I didn't even say I didn't huh. really recognize it first. Gotcha. Like, hey, that's Ray Lewis. Nice. You know, well, we were both walking with bodyguards. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll catch you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Martin Buckley for stopping in. Jason Fitz as well. ESPN will be in the swamp for college game day this coming weekend. We'll talk more about uh, the Gators game tomorrow and back to uh, the Jags tomorrow as well as the injury report comes out. I th- keep an eye on it. Keep your eyes glued, folks. We got a story. We didn't mention Jalen Ramsey once today. What the heck's wrong with us? We'll see you on TV. Thanks for uh, listening on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.